And now, please enjoy the meeting of the minds that brought you this inspired version of the play, Beethoven and Misfortune Cookies. Joining us is writer Joni Ravina, actor Amir Abdullah, director Devereaux Chumra, and special guest Cabin Thomas. Get it, it all together. How you doing, Cabin? It's Amir. Hey, hi. All righty. So I guess I, I'm going to kick this off officially. This is Devereaux Chummer here. I directed Beethoven and Misfortune Cookies by <laughs> Miss Joni Ravina. And we yeah. actually have super, super special guest, Cabin Thomas, and <laughs> actor Amir Abdullah. Hello, so, everyone. Hi, guys. This is great. great. Hi. Hi, Amir. How and, you doing? And so we have we have Miss Joni Ravina as well. Can you guys hear me okay? We can. We can. We can. Wonderful. So yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I'll just start it off by saying we want to hear this story, this incredible story. What do you want to tell us, Kevin? Oh, geez. Uh, well, first off, thank you so much for uh, the opportunity to, to visit with you folks. And, yes. Um, it's good to meet uh, the guy who represents me <laughs> and and um i i wanted to thank joni so much for the creation of this i i think this really compelling and powerful uh statement i i guess the thing that i can share with you is is what happened with uh my um my life uh, during this during this time i loved being a teacher I loved uh, influencing uh, my students. I taught around 9,000 of them. And, and one of the first things I said in, during uh, uh, any of the opening classes was, you know, if you do not like um, you know, adult language or anything along those lines, uh, then you need to get out. Now, I said it colorfully um, because I'm kind of a colorful guy, but I speak um, from a life that I've lived. And I wanted the students to understand that, you know, this was music being taught not by somebody who had spent their entire life in academia. Um, this was a, a music that was being taught, uh, a very important music, music that people are supposed to uh, uh, at least know about and um, hopefully involve their uh, children in, in it. I wanted to expose them to that, to that which means so close to me. It kind of saved my life, this music did. Uh, but I also wanted to share it with them from a sort of urban uh, environment, from somebody who was in the Marines, Marine Corps and, you know, in the Navy and, and just saw the music as important from a different sort of angle of the prism. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So yeah, clear. Yeah, and so... so so I gave him. So I gave. I gave him a lot. You know, I'm from Detroit, and I gave him some of that Detroit sort of swing to what I to what I do. And I think it. I think it was important for me to share it the way that I did. Now, for um, almost my entire time at the university, uh, my class was growing more and more popular. I actually had as many people on the wait list as I had in class. You know, you had 225 students. That's all that could fit into the um, into the classroom, and I had you know a couple hundred people on the wait list, and and I taught four classes of this, and I loved it. Uh, 
again, there was always um, a little tension because some of the material that I used in my class was considered objectionable. Um, And uh, ultimately, as is revealed in the play, I I, uh, ended up having a a white woman, older white woman, taking the class, and she lodged a formal complaint uh, against the university, uh, hired a lawyer, and and university always being, um, uh, always wanting to sort of protect uh, themselves and their image uh, under the guise of protecting their students. I said, you know, we, we can't have you there anymore. Then I just kind of descended into a, I don't know, I guess it would just be sort of descended into a, a journey of discovery for me to sort of figure out know who was I because I had devoted so much of my life uh, to, to teaching the class and I was really upset it was really a traumatic uh, experience as traumatic as just about anything I experienced in the core and it, it just uh, it took me down some pretty dark paths uh, and and I don't want to give everything away but just I'm still here and that's a positive thing and and, and again that's sort of represented in the play itself and and um uh, when I was in Los Angeles trying to find myself, so I had a chance to encounter Joni uh, through a, a dramatic uh, agency, and Joni will be able to tell you more about that. Um, but Joni you know, took this on, and she took it on with a, with a gusto and a passion, and she interviewed for months, Joni and I did. Um, uh, <laughs> I even got to go to Joni's beautiful house in um, a Palm Desert. And and we talked and talked and she let me talk and Joni, if I'm correct, you you even talked to some members of my family, right? I did, I did, yeah. and oh, I can uh, barely hear, so I apologize. And so um, uh, so anyway, it was just it, it out came Beethoven and Misfortune Cookies, and really the rest is the kind of history. It's been uh, a heck of a journey. And it's a heck of a statement. And and I will share this with you. The one great thing I think I think is going to be wonderful about this is in the future, um, uh, if people want to experience how I taught in terms of the actual person, uh, uh, we are working on a way that I can be there as well, at least for the talk back or to give a few minutes of, of my lecture, not the whole thing, of course, but to show them sort of, you know, the real McCoy and how they sort of did the, uh, uh, did, did my teaching, which got, to, got me in so much, uh, so much uh, trouble. So, so, that's, so that's me, but it's been a hell of a journey and I've appreciated uh, uh, most of it. <laughs> um, uh, and, and I'm glad that it is finally getting out and getting great performers uh, uh, to, to represent who I, uh, who, what, what, Joni created, uh, which is the, the, the vision of of, um, of somebody who was not in the typical mode sharing their heart and soul. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. And uh, Joni, I have a question. I wanted to know, this is uh, Amir, the actor who portrays Kaben Thomas in this wonderful production. I wanted to know how you sifted through all of these conversations and decided what was most apt to put into into words into something that's going to be 
either seen on stage or heard now in this new format? Well, as Kevin said, we spent a lot of time talking, and uh, Kevin was not was not himself, as he said. He was going through a dark period, but even then it was clear to me that he was brilliant. Um, and I've always been fascinated by the idea of brilliance being a hair's breadth from insanity. So to learn about Caven's father and to listen to Caven, who again, you know, Caven, you're so humble, uh, you would never describe yourself as brilliant, but you are. And I think that it was a fascinating question as to whether or not, because of the time that Caven's father taught, how much less society was going to allow him to achieve, and the idea that a man who was thwarted from reaching his potential could be driven insane is an interesting question. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. I mean, I think um, there's so much that we, and if, and if anyone wants to jump in the conversation here, there's so much about this story that I found powerful from the beginning about how to balance that as an artist. And I actually think Amir and Kaben have that in common. They're both so brilliant. This was a, an amazing process for me, but it, in, in my personal life, I, I truly think that sometimes we just, we overlook our artists. We don't value them specifically artists of color and what you taught and what we see a, a lot in this country right now with with the difficulty of being reported or being misunderstood on a cultural, intellectual, and like socioeconomic point of view. Like you grew up sure. in a very, you know, like you said, you grew up in a certain way. You came from this background and there, there, was, there was so much put on you. But how wonderful you came out on top of that, um, I think, is, is, is so incredibly inspiring. Um, yeah, I, I could fangirl all day long about this. I really can. I think something that's so, so, so clear is the type of not, sh I don't want to say showman, but I want to say that the kind of energy that you have from your YouTube videos to, um, to the work that you've done in Hollywood, to this reality TV show that was a huge part of your life. Um, to to the per, the performances in your class, the way that you show yeah. up for people, is something yeah. that is that I believe people will take away from from this story. Not the yes, of course you can focus on the the photo, the lynching. Yes, you can focus on this particular thing, but it was what you did with it that is is so so impactful. So. Yes. One of the things I thought was very nice that you said. First, first off, I just wanted to share with you. It feels like I'm in the uh, the you know the old game show quiz show where the two your person was in the locked booth and you can't hear what the other person is saying. I can't hear a word of what Joni's saying. That's okay. I think we're uh, we are united in our front that, oh, okay. uh, that we agree with what's happening. Um, I did want to let you know that. So I want to apologize if I repeat something that Joni says or I ask some sort of question that Joni asks. Uh, Tony, I love you, but I can't hear you. Oh, and so, um, oh no, that's okay. It's, that's, that's life. Um, the the I wanted to ask too 
uh, you were saying that some of the uh, some of the challenges of putting something like this uh, together to get it onto the stage. What, what do you see as as um, uh, the, the biggest issue? Um, uh, oh, and forgive me. So, uh, this is for both you and Amir. What what did you find to be uh, the, the the biggest challenges concerning um, uh, you know mounting this production? What were what were some of the the problems? Because I'll be honest with you, I, I I have never had a chance to ask that question of the performer. You know, and, and Amir, what did you think of, what did you think of me? You know, the representation <laughs> of, of who I am. That's that's a that's a weird feeling to ask a question like that. But you know, you're in you're literally kind of in my head. Yes. And so what? So so what were what were some of the challenges or some of the what are some of the things that you could identify with? The, the funny thing is that um, you actually identified one of the uh, one of the biggest challenges. Challenges is that it's a daunting task to take on a, a role of someone who's actually living and present with us that could, in theory, see or hear what you're doing and 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 give you a real time critique and say, no, 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 brother, that's not how it was. <laughs> so um, that was one of the uh, one of the mental blocks. So I I went and I looked up videos of Kevin and 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 saw these things and. I think what I strive for in, in my performance and in my training is to get the, the essence of something, but to bring as much of my own personal life experience to that and speak the words through, through those. That's the thing that yeah. is going to make it true for me yeah. as, a, as a performer. Yeah. So in some ways, it was an ode to some of the most inspiring and exciting teachers that I, that I have had in my academic career. Um, I had an amazing history professor at, uh, at university of Miami. Her name was, uh, Miss Lipschultz. And I remember I, I took several courses from her, not because I was necessarily interested in the subjects, which I, I was, but it was because the teacher was so dynamic and passionate and just it, the history, the lessons breathed through her and in, in, yes, in a performative way. And yeah. it was so fascinating and interesting and not everyone in the class appreciated that style, but it was something that I was personally drawn to. And so those were the essences like that I, that I drew from to bring the meaning to each lesson. And, um, from, from Beethoven, Beethoven meant one thing, Nina Simone's lesson meant a completely different other thing, but the passion is still there and it's still, it's still present. And this information has to go to you. You have to know the truth. Those were things that I was able to access, um, just through my own life experience. And those are the things that I think you'll hopefully recognize and believe that I did justice to, to, to that. And having that meaning of, of, of something that I'm so passionate and, and, and is my life that I, I breathe these words. And th these are the things this teaching has helped me breathe. And for that to be taken away, how that can affect a person like those, oh, yeah. that is what I, that is the essence of what I tried to bring to this, uh, to this performance. And, yeah. and Dev helped me with uh, many, many other <laughs> things and being able to hone that. And I will absolutely, and sh she'll talk more about that. Uh, not, not too much more. I think you have put it so wonderfully as a director on, you know, this is uh, my first podcast directing and it's not just a podcast, it's a radio play, you know, right. but it wasn't right. written as such. 
So we right. already have this uphill battle of just hearing and not knowing entirely what we're seeing and what we're supposed to be looking at because that's how it was written. It was written to be in the theater, right? Um, but right. I just I just knew that by the very nature of it literally being music, that it is something to be heard. Um, I think we are at such a point, I feel quite confident with my incredible friend and actor as an artist to know that he is powerful enough to just say the words and the words alone. And that's a testament to your story, Cabin, but also Joni's writing, is that Absolutely. just the words being said is this beautiful oral tradition of passing a story along that we don't have to, um, I can't even remember the exact quote, but don't play the emotion in the music, play the music. The emotion will yeah. be there. You see? Yeah. And yeah. and I think that there's something that Amir just does. Like every time we, okay, we're going to do Lee Marshall now, but, but don't try to imitate essence, essence, oh, essence, oh. essence, essence. And um, I think that's something that's also um, that I feared just off the get-go from reading it was how do we address mental health issues? Right. And uh, I, I started really diving into very specific things about mental illness in the black community. And there's a wonderful, wonderful book called um, The Protest Psychosis. And it's about when we started to see the emergence of schizophrenia in black men, or at least when it started to be documented. And surprisingly, there's actually a through line to how we hear that in music. What we hear with rap and hip-hop culture is, I'm crazy, I'm this, I'm lashing out, I'm angry, I'm this. When we hear it in, in music that isn't generally understood as black hip-hop urban culture, we hear, I'm depressed, I'm sad, I'm alone, I'm isolated. And what I think that's uh, something that I didn't want to um, overstep is playing up the psychosis. We don't have to play it up. It's just there, or the fear of it is there. And that's something specifically in black culture, but also within American culture and the way we talk about mental health, that we just need to address it and add it. We don't need to, we don't really need to hit it too hard. It's just a part of his story, just like everything else is and shouldn't be discounted. But just like Billie Holiday and Beethoven, there's a through line. And if you yeah. care enough, just like you, Caven, as a teacher, an artist, a performer, you care enough about the through line to go, wait a minute, these two are not separate. It's a hand and a thigh, but it's the same body. Yeah. And so um, not just stressing the teaching, but not just stressing the, the, um, the, the photo of the lynching and not just stressing the, but it's all a part of his story and making sure that we gave weight to each of those things and honor those things. Um, which was just my my objective, but and I hope we we have accomplished that. But I feel quite confident. <laughs> so it's a handful I just said there, but and Bernadette oh, yeah. has gone yeah. on about your talent, Devereaux. <laughs> I mean, you've done so much. Um, Thank you. She just glows and glows about how talented you are. So uh, we're excited to hear it. And uh, obviously, Amir, she has gone on and on about you as well, Amir. I mean, the two of you are just. Probably, uh, well, we don't want to insult anyone else, but we're excited, aren't we? We're excited, Kevin. 
It's our baby, but I'm I'm so honored to share this with you both and the world. He's making he's making me cry this morning, <laughs> going over everything. Just his performance. It is it is really something special that you have given us, Cabin, to be brave enough to want to tell your story, truly tell your story, and fight for your words, fight for your time, and fight for your place to be heard, and Joni to give that validity and life, you know. And Cabin, would you mind uh, telling the audience what you're up to now? Yeah. How's he doing after the st- after the story yeah. ends? We hear he, you know, he's on the way to get this. I believe it's a genetic uh, recoding. Mm-hmm. Did you get that? Did you have that? Uh, did you have some of that done? What happened? What what happened? What's the story afterward? Oh my lord! Uh, this, it's 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 been a it's been a, a very interesting journey uh, ever ever since the. Um, Time that uh, the firing occurred, um, there's been a there's been a lot uh, that has happened. Gee whiz, you know, I was um, goodness, I was homeless for a while. I lived in my car for a while. Went to Los Angeles. Wanted to sort of end my life. Went to um, <clears throat> lived in various uh, uh, locations. Lots of pouches. The one of the things that that uh, that that was brought up. Uh, well, I, I would like to pin in that for a second. I, there's a question I want to ask, but um, the, the the bottom line is, you know, you just kept going. You know, the, the bottom line is, you just you you keep moving forward, and you you. I had to reduce my existence uh, to the fundamentals. You know, um, being grateful for every moment. Um, uh, that that was extremely important for me. Um, my spirituality became extremely important for me. Um, I, you know, having having the opportunity to just um, uh, really reflect on the things that are that are important, uh, and really down to the absolute basics, just just being able to open my eyes to hear, to breathe in, to breathe out, those things really became kind of huge. Uh, I made the decision, you know, I needed to stop drinking. So I went into a, a place called Chandler Lodge in, in um, uh, North Hollywood and and just you know, went through the experience of, of cleaning my life up in that respect, stopped doing that. Uh, I uh, ended up a very interesting thing happened you know, down the road. I, I ended up being offered an opportunity to be a, a game show host in Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates, uh, where I went there and I, I hosted a, a game show for Ferrari motor car. Wow. Um, then I found, you know, the woman that I had loved uh, since 1985. Um, her name is Mary. Mary Port was her name. Now she, uh, and, and we found each other on Facebook of all things. Um, she she came to visit me in Abu Dhabi, uh, you know, because I asked her would she be interested in you know working a relationship. You know, we were in love with each other in 1985, and then 25 years passed, 27 years passed, and then in 2012, you know, we find each other on Facebook. I asked her if she want to come visit me, so she flew out to Abu Dhabi, uh, came to visit me, and and it was like we had been away for two weeks, and so we had a beautiful. Um, um, you know, uh, reconnecting. I wanted to stay in Abu Dhabi. The reason why I wanted to stay in Abu Dhabi was, <clears throat> I think, in the same way why Nina Simone wanted to stay in France, mm. um, or or Tina Turner wanted to stay in Switzerland. Yeah. Um, 
but actually more, I'm going to pull it a little bit more toward uh, my Abu Dhabi experience, and that was because one of the things that happened when I, and please stop me if I'm getting too far afield, so, because I talk, so I don't want to make you folks crazy, because I just want to keep it on, on, on path. But I went over there, and one of the things that was really wonderful was that um, I was a brown-skinned man walking around in a land of brown-skinned people who were running things, who were rich, who were, who were um, in control, right? And it felt so good to be in that world because that was the first time in my life in which uh, my color actually did not work against me in any way. Um, uh, it actually was uh, advantageous in that, in that country. Plus, I was getting paid well. Uh, I loved what I was doing, and it was one of the most freeing experiences I ever had. Um, Nina Simone sings a song, uh, uh, I, I, would, what is it? Uh, I Would Like to Know What It's Like to Be Free, mm-hmm. that song that she sings. Oh, my Lord, that's so powerful. Right? And, and that was one of those times that there was, a, there was an unbelievable freedom that, that came to me. It was like the mantle of being African-American taken uh, off. No bad, bad part of the mantle. Because, you know, I'm happy to be a black man. I am. It's just that down, especially if you suffer from depression, right? Uh, that sort of the constant drumbeat in our country of, you know, um, uh, I grew up you know, seeing such horrible representation of what black people were. Mm-hmm. And so for that, for the first time in my life, here I am in this country where pumpkin people are just making things happen. And it was wonderful. And I was accepted. So I wanted to stay there. <laughs> uh, but Mary has a, um, uh, uh, she has a, a, a situation, an issue, medical, that required her to be in the States because they only had one person in the entire Emirates who could, who could take care of that medical situation. And that person was from Lee. So we were like, ah, that's not going to, we can't trust that. It's least, and what do we do? Yeah. So I moved back, moved back into the country, um, went to, moved to Nebraska, which is where I am right now, uh, a place like I had to look at the map to remind me exactly where Nebraska was in our, <laughs> in our flying country. And it was, it was exactly kind of where I was, uh, it, it, Ed Center. I was like, oh, okay, okay, here we go, going back to, to the States. And one of the things I thought was interesting is when I got back, that mantle that I was telling you about that was off of my shoulders mm-hmm. when I was in Abu Dhabi, like it was put right back on, mm-hmm. second that hatch open. And and sure enough, what are the art, what are the stories? What are the stories? You know, poor black young man gets killed. Boy uh, gets shot because his play gun cat was so nervous this police officer who we were sworn to trust shoots him and kills him and and the, and it goes on and on and on i was just like whoa but it wasn't it, it, so it helped me understand that that beethoven and his fortune cookie was it, it's it's one more reason why the black lives matter movement is so necessary now it was necessary that farther back but, but i get it you know like uh, 
a Beethoven and Misfortune Cookies is a boastful statement that, that, yeah, I wasn't killed. My career was. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, the bottom line, there was a real, real huge need for that. So anyway, I did a bunch of jobs here in, in Nebraska. And right now I'm at the University of Nebraska, Lincoln, getting my doctorate. That's uh, right. Getting a doctorate in, in music and in, uh, you know, playing tuba and conducting. And, you know, I'm, I'm just... I'm just kidding. I'm going to keep on moving, keep on expressing myself from a musical standpoint, from a theatrical standpoint. And, uh, you know, I I've come too far uh, to, to, to stop now. That's so right. I'm just going to keep on going. And, and, and I'm just so grateful to God and to, uh, and to Joni and to you folks for the fact that this story is, is um, still doing well and i believe it's just now really starting to take off and this is so exciting yes, so indeed. excited to see and it happening it's a it's a statement and i'm just so happy you folks are doing it and i wanted to reverse course to some of the points that you were making and ask Joni, especially within these you know very racially aware and uh mm -hmm. you know pertinent times did you feel any special type of responsibility in undertaking a story like this where it is a minority represented story? Did you feel like you had to take any special care or just what was your mentality going into this? And do you feel like it's it's, you know, it's changed or did you have to learn something when when writing this? Well, it came about in an unusual way. Caven came to me. I think, Caben, you wanted a one-man show actually to perform yourself, and it turned into something else, and Caben uh, was okay with that. Um, at the time, though, this was back in 2012, so we weren't in this exact uh, period, and, and so it was really something fun that we enjoyed, and he... I, I know you can't hear me, Kevin, but I eventually I know you're going to perform this play. Um, he's so talented. He's so brilliant, as I said. But at the time, we didn't have that responsibility. Now, I think a lot of people are looking at this play, and maybe because we weren't trying to be exploitative of what's going on right now, to, to some degree, he, he and I um, are like, I mean, the, the movement is so much bigger than, than this play, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And we don't, we, it's by accident that it brings up um, important issues to the movement. But it was, it, we would hate for anyone to think we were jumping on anything. And, and we want everyone to know the play was written before this important movement and that we are so thrilled that it's getting more attention now because of it. Um, I couldn't possibly pretend to know what it's like to be black. All I know is is that I meet someone like Caven, and I got to talk with someone like Devereaux, and I hear all these amazing things about you, Amir, and there's a, a brilliance and a talent that is so obvious, and I just can't help but wonder, you know, when, when it's thwarted, when, when one isn't really allowed for whatever reason in a society to be able to shine the way they know deep down that they must. I, I just think that that puts all sorts of heavy things on to the psyche, right? It just, it's a frustration. So from my standpoint, I can't imagine what it's like. All I can do 
it's talked to people like Kaven and like Devereaux and, and to hear about you, Amir, and, and see that, wow, when you're, when you're talented like that, when you're talented like a Billie Holiday, like a Nina Simone, when you're talented like that and you're not able to achieve because of outside societal pressures where you know you should be, it's got to make you very frustrated. It's got to make you nuts to some degree. Do you know what I mean? Uh, absolutely. I, I do think that there is a, again, just for me personally, I can't speak for everybody else, but I do believe that there is a different type of external pressure that causes depression to be different for black people. I joke about it all the time, but I truly feel I'm like, well, there's black depression, period. That's just it. Yeah. And I think a wonderful thing that that you've done with telling his story is that you stepped aside and let him tell it as best as he could. Yeah. And I think that's the thing about something I hope for younger generations and people who are wanting to push forward stories for people of color, black stories, black stories, specifically black stories, is mm-hmm. that they allow us to step in front and tell our story. And I think that was done very, very well. And and trust us when we tell you something is happening. Believe us. Let's start with that. You know, and I think that there's there's so much in that and uh, so much that I wanted to stress with at least working on this process with. But you guys are so incredible. I, I just thank you all for being here. Other than me fangirling all day long about all three of you. Um, oh, bless you. Yeah, I mean, I just have one last question, Capen. Uh, you know, moving forward and teaching, what what's something you're going to add to this toolbox, this palette that you've learned over the years? Like, what 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 are you going to add? Well, one of the things uh, is is the is the fact that I someone said to me once when they sort of heard the story and they saw the play. Um, he says, "Dude, you you can't you cannot uh, teach in a university anymore." He said, "You need to be doing this on Broadway," mm-hmm. and and I thought that that was such a first off, it was it was a kind thing. It was ridiculously kind uh, thing to say, but you know the idea of being able to take some of the lectures that I I still miss. Uh, doing from my music appreciation class and turning it into doing more of getting those, getting that message out. Uh, maybe not with the backstory that, uh, that came with it, but to share uh, the love of classical music, to share that, uh, uh, th- those, uh, uh, those moments that I know for a fact arrested my, uh, my classes that they, they were, you could drop a pen and hear, uh, you know, the point because they were all engaged with the teacher teaching mm-hmm. those moments. Sort of put it together and and do some of that because uh, I I think that uh, I will not. I mean, I don't know. Who knows what the future is going to? Sure, uh, but you know, it, it when you have this sort of weird little stain sitting on your record that you were released. Uh, uh, you know, from from uh, a teaching environment, you know, in the middle of the semester, uh, when you, when you have that, it's kind of hard to get another job back in academia. But I would, still, like I said, love to do some more teaching, and maybe I'll just do it 
or on the stage as time goes along. Hopefully this gets popular enough that I would be able to do uh, uh, some of that because there's a lot to say about how this classical music thing, along with jazz, along with rock and roll, along with rap, along with all the stories that make up music, uh, that there are stories that need to be taught. There's no stories that need to be shared. There's stories that need to, to, to for other people to experience uh, because I believe uh, that it is music, it is diversity, and it is inclusion. Uh, those are going, and love, of course, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, will be the things that save not only uh, our society, uh, but our country and, and uh, will make our world a better place. So I'm, I'm going nowhere. I'm going to keep on, I keep on moving and sort of uh, uh, asking around and, and supporting the show. And uh, um, uh, again, I'm so excited to get the opportunity as, as things go along to, <laughs> uh, um, uh, if a showcase or a theater or uh, uh, wants to have uh, me uh, share a little bit of the story from the from the horse's mouth, I'd love to get a chance to do. That. I think that that's a possibility as as well. So I'm just going to keep on keeping on and and uh, keep on uh, keep on learning, keep on adding to uh, where, where my lectures are, and keep on sharing to anybody who wants to hear it. That is wonderful. Keep like a shot. And can I just yes. add, I know, Kevin, Kevin, you can't hear me, but I can add that thousands of students complained and tried to get him rehired. Mm-hmm. So that's how popular he was. Absolutely. You, uh, both of you, thank you so much. Amir, thank you for being here. Everyone, this has been so, so lovely. I feel honored that I've been able to slightly pass the story on in my in my own way. We hope that you love it and enjoy it. Thank you both so much, Amir, my incredible friend. Thank you Thank so you. much. Yes, absolutely. Open door. You guys are amazing. Um, well, we're going to let you go here so we can get back to work. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity. Yes, we can't wait to hear it, and I cannot wait to give it to you. Oh, this Thank is my little baby. Thank you. Love you. Yeah. Thank you. All right, Thank you guys, you guys have a great day out there. Thank you. All right. Take care. Okay, you bye-bye. too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.